If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 310 of the Severe MMA podcast. Joined today by the Dennis Irwin of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about a uh, busy enough weekend and a busy week actually in the world of mixed martial arts. And uh, we will get into all of that. But before we do that, we must tell you that this episode of the podcast is supported by Manscaped. Uh, and Manscaped is the biggest and best men's below-the-waist grooming. And there's big news coming out of Manscaped this week because Manscaped, Manscaped even have just released their cologne scent uh, to help you feel good and smell good all over at all times. Um, who knew smelling this good could feel this good too? Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. I know, Graham, we both got our shipment of, uh, of the Manscaped cologne this week. And I'll tell you this, and I w- honestly, if 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 this cologne was bad, right, I would I would probably lie to you and tell you it was good, good anyway. But this is the longest lasting cologne I have ever used in my life, and for me, and I know someone as well. We're going back out. There's going to be restaurants and pubs open now and something as well. I'm the kind of one who goes out right eight o'clock, and you want to still be smelling that cologne at fucking three o'clock in the morning. And this is that cologne. I am t- I'm giving you that guarantee. This is that clone. It is the longest lasting clone I've ever had. It is absolutely brilliant. And everyone knows Manscaped has, you know, the the perfect package 3.0 as well, which we've talked about uh, for the last while here. And it's absolutely perfect. Uh, and they, they, they didn't stop uh, with just that. And you can complete your grooming game with the new refined clone, as I just mentioned, which is a signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this clone is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman on the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Calming and inviting, this signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of uh, vet, vet, vetiver, I'm not sure what that is, and a woodsy masculine finish. That definitely is that. This 50ml spray cologne is even hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. Uh, so don't be drinking it, though. <laughs> I don't know, even if it's vegan. This beautifully designed glass bottle, and it is a nice bottle, makes a statement, and a manly scent is attractive to set the mood. Also, be sure to check out, as I mentioned, the Perfect Package 3.0 with the essentials for your below-the-waist grooming from the Lawnmower 3.0. Where is it? I have it here. Hold on. There you go. Uh, to all the different crop formulations. Yes, I'm talking about ball deodorant and ball toner to keep your testes their besties. And now you can use the new Manscaped Refined Cologne to complete your set and smell great anytime, anywhere. It's time to feel sexy. We're getting back out on the road, we're getting back into hotels, we're getting back out into restaurants here over the next six weeks or so in Ireland, and I'm sure the other parts of the world as well. So it's time to feel sexy again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com. Your balls and body will thank you. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping, code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped and SEVEREMMA. Right, Graham, here we go. Big week in the world of MMA. We're we're recording this here, uh, not not an hour and a half before Man United play Liverpool. But we leave we leave that aside for a minute to talk about. To me, do you know sometimes we come on this podcast and we have like I have a point to make or like we 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 might have like um uh something has happened during the week and something you know very bad or very good has happened and we always look we try to start it with that and then the fights as well. To me, this the main event. This is one of the greatest fights I've ever seen, honestly, and you can't start it anywhere but uh, that this week on the podcast. 
I uh, I saw last night, last night I went to bed. I was like, right, I'll go to bed here for an hour. I'll wake up. I'm, I might miss the first couple of prelims. If anything happens, I can go back and watch them. And then I watch the rest. And I woke up at nine o'clock this morning. <laughs> this morning, so I managed to uh, avoid spoilers and everything like that. And I got in. I got uh, got up. Got myself an old breakfast roll uh, and uh, sat down and watched the fights. And honestly, I, I was expecting this to be a good fight. I, t- I was chatting with Dan Tom and a couple of other people on Twitter during the week about this. And I was like, right, this is going to be a banger. I haven't gone back and did the rewatch for both of these guys. I knew this was going to be a good fight. But I didn't think it was going to be this good. Honestly, this was an instant classic. Just two lads putting it on the line non-stop for, what was it, almost exactly uh, two rounds. You know, 30 seconds before the end of the second round. An absolutely brilliant fight. I loved it. Were you as uh, were you as happy with it as me, Graham? I know I know a lot of people. I, I didn't see the reaction last night, so maybe you were up watching it. But were you as uh, pro- pro- proclaiming this as a great fight so quickly as me? Yeah, I was up watching it live, and it was uh, it was definitely a fight I thought w- would be an interesting you know matchup, and I thought it would be a good striking battle. But it was definitely yeah uh, better than expected. Like you know you you can't really expect a fight to be like uh, kind of. Barn burner, as uh, Noel McGraw would say, uh, like that. And obviously, uh, you know, uh, sometimes these main events can end up being a little bit cagey. But uh, you know, fair play to them. They went out there. They both, they both absolutely went for it. Like you know, uh, Reyes was was taking shots, but he was still trying to you know uh, give it back. He wasn't backing down, and I think it was to his detriment in the end. But uh, it made for a really exciting back and forth fight and a, obviously a <laughs> brutal uh, highlight reel spinning elbow knockout which you know that's fucking absolutely uh, one of the one of the best if not the best spinning elbow knockout we've seen yeah i remember joe the fighter of mine I, also we must mention at the minute graham's on his backup microphone here as the lead microphone oh, chat the event, doesn't matter. <laughs> the, uh... we, yeah we spent like an hour trying to get it working but we <laughs> yeah and actually it's new windows update yeah i just got a text as well saying that the liverpool man united match might be called off because there's man united fans on the pitch at old trafford but however that's, that's that's another thing hopefully by the time people listen to this it's been all sorted out but uh yeah but uh, we'll hopefully... i think that's the refs yeah, yeah man united fans on the pitch yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully the uh, the replacement mics will be on the way anyways. But by this time next week, and hopefully the match will have played by this time next week. Anyway. But, I, do you know, I, I, we, we'll get through it anyway. And the sound isn't too bad, I don't think. So we will we will have it started by next week. But anyway, um, uh, do you know what this fight, fight reminded me of? It reminded me of um, Yair Rodriguez versus the Korean Zombie. Now, it didn't go five rounds. It didn't end in the last second. But I'm pretty sure, just when we look here, yeah, it won fight of the night and... Um, performance of the night as well for so knockout of the night for for Prohachka and it was that you know you couldn't not give this fight of the night and you could not give it knockout of the night I didn't I didn't watch all the fights in their entirety but I went back and watched the the, the finishes and all of that and it was just a magical fight you know I the, the, the big difference I think in this fight was the amount of damage that Prohachka could take without it even looking like he was taking damage compared to Reyes. Reyes, look, Reyes in the past, he's taken shots. Reyes takes a lot of shots. And there's there's two things in MMA and two different sorts of chins in it. Or three different sorts of chins, I suppose, you can get. There's great chins. There's chins that you take one shot on and you get knocked out. And then there's guys with chins that... They take shots and it looks really bad on them. You know, it looks like they're hurt constantly, but they survive. I think Reyes is one of those guys. He He's not a guy who, you know, takes one handy shot and he gets fucking sparked. But he is the type of guy who will take a big shot and he'll get hurt. And take another big shot and get hurt again. And it looks so bad, especially, I know, if it goes, say, five rounds or it goes to the judges or whatever. And he's fighting someone like that. I think in this fight, it gave Prohachka such... Um, heart and uh, you know, uh, um, it, it everything that Prachka was doing, it was having an effect on Reyes. And I actually thought, as the fight was going and as Reyes like wasn't getting finished, I was like, this guy's going to tire, and then Reyes is going to catch him because Reyes is actually, I think he looked more hurt at times than he actually was, and Prachka was just thrown and thrown and thrown and nonstop. But at the end of the fight. But before we even get to the knockout or anything, I looked at Prohachka, and he wasn't even breathing that hard. You know, when you go at that pace as a light heavyweight for, what it was, 9 minutes, 29 seconds, and you're not tired, that is a very, very good sign that you can do it like that. And when you have such a good chin, it it's absolutely... 
it's it's a frightening thought for the other light heavyweights just because how dynamic how varied he is just so good in every way but you know it takes two to make a fight and i thought dominic reyes came out and he threw his shots like my prediction before it was prohashka's style would bring out this dominic reyes like i think there can be two dominic reyes as the one we saw against john jones who was kind of more technical and we i suppose we have to see that against john jones because it's john jones you have to be a kind of a more technical five round fighter but reyes is also a guy who will go out and he will trade with you and he will try to just land a bigger shot than you land on him and when you're fighting someone like prahajka that's a that's a tough thing to do but he still did it um i the one thing i would say for reyes was I think if he could have been first, it would have been better. If he had, like, I, I think the head kick was wide open all day, and instead of waiting for Prahatchka to come in, and it wasn't waiting, it was like Prahatchka was kind of forcing it, but if he had been able to just break that battle and win that battle to be first and landed, to say, the body kick, leg kick, and then head kick, he did it a couple of times where he threw low, and then he was, he was, in, you know, Prahatchka was a step inside the distance for Reyes to land that left high kick um, and it just wasn't on so if he had been able to do that I think he could have landed I think that was a shot really and I think that maybe the straight left down the middle as well but Prohachka is so good at just getting inside and making it tough and landing all those you know those shots inside and, and uh, he's just <laughs> he's just a a juggernaut of a fighter altogether. He's so big and so strong as well. And I think uh, Cormier tweeted it actually last night. He made it the first time he's ever made a good point. But he said he uses his cardio as a weapon. And that was actually... It's very smart that... that, that uh, What Cormier saw there. Because he does. It's like... you If you don't have unbelievable cardio... And you play that game... You'll get loads of first round knockouts. You might get early second round knockouts. But you'll also get like late second round submissions or TKOs or third round or fourth round losses, you know. Um, but Prohachka seems to have that cardio as well. And, you know, he it, it's it's very fun because, you know, they're all talking now about um, it's going to be Glover Teixeira versus um, Jan Blachowicz for the title. And then it's going to be Prohachka. So you have like these two old school veterans against a guy who is, you know, you call him a veteran because I think he's, what, over 30 fights? I was looking at his record, 28 and something like last or this morning I was watching the fight. A lot of fights anyway, but... He is kind of three and one. Yeah, he is the new breed, though, isn't he? It's and I think that's fun. You've kind of the old lads who've been around for a long time, and this new guy coming through. It just it's a it makes a fun picture, doesn't it? The light heavyweight division with John Jones kind of gone out of it. Yeah, it does. It needs some like fresh, exciting blood, you know. And we have it here, like you know, that's a big statement in a in a main event, you know. Um, okay, you know, I think he'll, he, Dominic Ray has obviously, you know, he went very close to John Jones, but I think this style matchup was was nice. Uh, but you know, he, he looks like he's going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of people. You know, he's he's I think he's still not even 30, he's under 30, I believe. Um, he's had 33 or what is it, 32 fights, you know. So he, he, he he's only lost three times and he seems to be on a, like a you know, a serious, serious, serious streak all the way back, what five and a half years to when he lost to, to Muhammad Lawal, uh, King Mo. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, he's like, you know, this this fresh blood is absolutely vital uh for these divisions especially these heavier divisions that have kind of stagnated a bit like you know uh obviously uh it's great to see Glover Teixeira getting a getting a title shot but it kind of shows that that division maybe isn't isn't you know that deep it used to be kind of known as the best division in the UFC back in the day with yeah. Chuck and Randy and Edo and all them but uh it, it has gone stale but things like this you know a spinning elbow knockout in an absolute barn burner of a fight in a main event against a guy that people know from from a Jones fight is a huge statement and a huge win. And, you know, uh, I think a lot of people will be very interested to see it, where he goes from here. And I'll be very interested to see what the UFC do with him. Like, I don't know where you, what, what you see them doing with him. Like, uh, all this talk of rushing him into a title shot. Like, I think that makes sense. You know, he's yeah. experienced. He's, he's, on a, he's on a win streak. He fought some, some like, good guys in... in in uh, Ryzen, I know like CB Dalloway, Maldonado are basically past their, past their best, but you know, he got that win back against Mohamed Lawal and he's, uh, he's definitely wanted, wanted for the, for the top of the division. But do you think the UFC will put him in there now? Or do you think the UFC will kind of build him up and put him in a few more kind of barn burner fights to kind of get the excitement built? 
I think the UFC will, will put him in there straight away because, like, I, I know Brendan Fitzgerald said it on the broadcast, and maybe that's not, not always the best source in the world, I suppose. Not not Brendan Fitzgerald, but on broadcast uh, proclamations. But unless John Jones comes back down, I, I think he is the one. You know, he is the next one coming up. He's made it exciting. I know he's only had a few fights in the UFC, but you go in there and you beat Odzimir, you beat Reyes, and you're there. You know, that's all you need, really, in that division. And In know, terms of, though, yeah, in terms of, like, uh, competition, yeah, but in terms of getting fans interested and do you think another like you know yeah. exciting matchup before might be you know I, I, I think you put him in there against any of the guys it was going to be Walker. an exciting matchup but yeah you can put him in exactly against somebody like that a Johnny Walker who has a bit of a name and is a, an exciting guy himself and is willing to you know to trade that would be a that would be a nice point, but it obviously would be a step back from from Uzdemir and Reyes. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. That's what we've been talking about recently with the kind of the updated UFC matchmaker, if you want to call it that. That they are yeah, moving, rushing everybody to the top. Yeah, and because you do sink that, or swim. Yeah, because yeah. you do that, you're taking a step back. If you do, like I I often thought that Johnny Walker fight would be a very good fight, but. Like, that's even a step back from Odzimir in terms of, maybe not now, but at the time, the, the, the rankings. And it's definitely a step back now from in terms of rankings, in terms of where they've gone from um, from Dominic Reyes. So, you know, I'm sure there's someone else there, and there might be another fight there as well. But, I look, I... We'll get to knock on in a second, but now that we're talking about this, I think it's a very exciting matchup between... E- look, we, we've talked about Glover and, and Jan Blachowicz before, and just to look past him a second, because we're we're on Prohashka, but that's a great fight, and we'll talk about that fight in a second, but let's say Blachowicz wins it, and, and I'll talk about if Glover wins it in a second, but if Blachowicz wins it, isn't, it, isn't that exactly kind of what we want? Because what we saw from Blachowicz in the last fight against Adesanya was a guy who has the ability to kind of work out a style of kickboxing and work out a really varied good style that Adesanya has and it's it's a different sort of style it's a more technical style I suppose um or like uh, basic technical style and and that's not a that's not a bad thing that's a good thing I think I think throwing fucking basics in kickboxing and boxing is, is you know if you have good basics you're going to beat everyone but um so he beat that and can he beat this style as well I think that's very I, I'd be very enthusiastic about that and with if it's uh if it's Glover we saw um, Prohatchka taken down by Reyes last night, and we know how good Glover's wrestling is. I think it's a, a damn sight better than Reyes's. Now, Glover, early in fights, he takes a lot of shots as well, usually to get into that takedown. But if he can survive that early going and take him down, you know, he will test that wrestling, but he'll also test that cardio, and we'll see if Prohatchka truly ha- has that. So, to me, it's a very interesting matchup. And obviously, you know, in time, we will talk about uh, Glover versus Blahovich itself as well. So, but, uh, you know, it, it, I think you, the point you're kind of making and the point I probably would have made as well when he came into the UFC is that build as you said build him up get him the UFC I suppose experience make people like him and make him really ready for it I think he is really ready for it like we 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 don't see this that that often anymore I know you've kind of said with McGregor when he came into the UFC he was ready for two or three fights and then to get to the title you know are we seeing it with other guys before who are at their best when they almost get to the UFC, like even a Michael Chandler right now. I know he's a very different kind of example because he was at the very top in in the second biggest organization. But it is it has happened before like this where uh, you know guys have had 25, 30 fights and come into the UFC or even twenty fights or fifteen fights and being ready for the top. It's just a, kind of getting past people and. If there had been a few more opportunities, uh, I suppose it would have been better. But the light heavyweight division is not the best division in the world. Uh, and it was kind of, I suppose, bound to happen when you have someone as good as Prohatchka coming in there. But uh, look, I'm excited. And, and on the knockout itself, like it's, it, I think it's funny that uh, John Jones constantly threw that technique. And he got a few... I think he, he hurt um, Stefan Bonner with it. I think he might have hurt Shogun with it as well. But I don't think he ever got... He, he never got a clean knockout like Prohashka got with it either, though. And I think that was kind of cool as well because it was kind of a nod to, like... Not, not you know, specifically from, from Prohashka, but I suppose to the hardcores and stuff. It's like, oh, he's throwing this John Jones technique, but maybe a little bit better, you know? And being a little bit more exciting and finishing guys. And, you know, John Jones had only been tweeting about not finishing guys before. So it, it was kind of cool to kind of see that, I suppose. I'm not saying like, he's as good or better than John Jones. But if that fight was to happen down the line, if he became champion, I would l- absolutely love to see that fight. But, uh, yeah, it, I've, it just feels like sometimes you watch a fight 
and you think it's the new era you know it's the prohashka era not to go full fucking joe rogan here but do you have two savvy veterans uh, ahead of him in the rankings at the moment and whoever he meets is going to give him a tough fight so i'm uh, look i'm really looking forward and this fight itself was just such a great back and forth so many shots landed like i don't know if i've seen uh, I'm, I'm not a great one for stats or anything but i was i was expecting them at the start of the second round to say the first round was like the most shots ever landed in the ufc light heavyweight fight or something you know it was one of those rounds just absolutely brilliant and if you haven't seen this fight go out of your way to watch it because it was it was fabulous it was an absolutely fabulous fight it was it was absolutely brilliant so i'm looking look i'm looking yeah, forward to a seeing lot of people it. might go back and just see the see the, the spinning elbow knockout but watch the whole fight because absolutely brilliant yeah brilliant. And i'm looking forward to seeing reyes fight again as well you know it's it's takes two tango as i mentioned earlier and reyes is a very very good fighter as well and a very exciting fighter and he'll beat a lot of guys and you know he is a guy who's only you know he doesn't have that many fights in his career as well and he would be back and i would be surprised if reyes didn't find a better i think defensively is reyes's issue i think he needs to protect that chin a little bit more and stop getting hurt so many times throughout a fight but i think last night showed he doesn't have he he doesn't have that you know Amir Khan chin where he gets hits and he's he, hitting he's gone he he has a better chin than that but it just he needs to protect himself a little bit more to stop getting hurt uh throughout the fight a couple of times like that but um however uh the comment event then was whew, I suppose that the next coming as well wasn't it Graham like uh Jiga Chikadze come in here and knocked out Cub Swanson in what was it 63 seconds I remember I was looking at the betting before this and uh, I was thinking, right, Jigga, we've seen him. We've seen him throw those big shots. But, like, Cobb isn't the guy who gets finished. He's been knocked out. What is this? This this was... Uh, he was only knocked out once ever before in his whole career. Let me see when that was. I'm going through his uh, his career here. It was Jose... Oh, yeah, that, that, that Jose Aldo one. Yeah, so I suppose yeah. a similar sort of uh, quick kick. That was the only time back in 2009, 12 years ago. It was the only time he was never knocked out before. And Jiga Chikadze made it look easy. And I, I've been a, a big Jiga fan for his last few fights, watching his fights. And I'm like saying, this guy is the next level. But And I know, you know, Cobb... <laughs> say what you want about Cobb. He's not lucky. He might have been overrated at some stage of his career. But Cobb is a savvy veteran. He's been in there with some tough guys and not been finished like this. You know, it says it all that Jose Aldo was the only guy to, uh, to ever knock him out. And Chikadze hit him with that uh, that giga kick, as he likes to call it, the liver kick, and just folded him like a deck chair. Just unbelievable stuff. And, you know, this guy, sometimes you see people and you're you're thinking as well, like, they're the next level of, of strikers and they're the next level of MMA fighters. And, no, look, maybe in, in a fight to come, Jiga might f- fight a great wrestler or he might, you know... He might fight someone who has uh, <laughs> who has a better game plan for him or whatever, or who has a good game plan for him. Not taking anything away from Cobb, you know. But this looks special, doesn't? It? And he looks a special fighter. Are you as are you as enthused about Jiga for me? Like to me, this was one of those nights where the top two fights, or watching them this morning, even it was the, the two winners is like, right here we go. Here are new stars. Stars yeah, for me. The and big you. statement mm-hmm. coming out, kind of statement uh, finishes. And obviously, I think I think he's had a couple of you know a uh, couple of finishes with the body kick before and body work, and he mixes it up really nicely. And as you said, you know, Cub is not a not a guy who's you know known to some guys. If you hit them to the body like a Cerrone or whatever over the years, you you hit them in a certain spot, you kind of know they're finished. But as you said, you know, twelve years and that kind of double jumping knee against Aldo is the only other time Cub's been finished. And I know he's getting on; he's had a lot of fights and all that stuff, but. You know, I expected Giga to win, uh, win here, but I had a decision. But I didn't I definitely didn't expect him to just, you know, blow the doors off and just, you know, finish him in a minute and three seconds. Yeah. So yeah, it's a really, really impressive performance, and he's like, he, he looks, he looks confident. He looks, like he can put it all together. He looks like a real, real prospect, as you said. He, he's definitely one to watch, and you know, a win over somebody like Cub Swanson, who people know is definitely a, a big statement, and. uh do it in that fashion is obviously very impressive yeah and i think as well like uh, this is a good win over a good name that is probably setting him on the right trajectory you know cub is i think they said cub is ranked like 14 yeah. or something like that exactly there's a few steps to go before you have to before you can't really like pull them back you know what i mean you can well maybe the usc won't do that because we don't really know what's going on at the moment with the matchmaking it seems to just be thrown together more than it was in the past but yeah. I, ideally i think you'd uh, give him a few 
uh, matchups, kind of see see if uh, you know, uh, for example, a, a good wrestler, what, what he does against a good wrestler before you stick him in there against you know the best wrestler in the division. So uh, hopefully they they give him a couple of fights. I'm always it seems like I'm always trying to you know hold guys back, but like if you look at Reyes for example like if he had been brought along slower even though he did well in the Jones fight you know he it could have been a different story where he could have you know closed little holes in his game maybe learned not to get hit so much or you know it just seems like everybody's being rushed and I hope that doesn't happen with all these prospects but I fear I fear it will <laughs> yeah I look as you said there he he beat you know he beat Cub. The, the next step, as you said, maybe a wrestler. What about uh, Bryce Mitchell? Like, Cub rank 14, 15, Jigger rank 14, Bryce Mitchell rank 11. I think that's I think that's a good fight. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, didn't move him on to someone like, uh, I think, like, Calvin Cater was mentioned last night. That would be a good next step. And then if he's ready, someone like an Ortega, someone like a Holloway, and then onto a title shot, obviously, you know, Ortega and uh, and Volkanovski. So that's like a good three, four fight path over the next year to, to 18 months to get him to where he needs to get. Look, if he's not good enough, Bryce Mitchell beat him. If he's not good enough, uh, Kate will beat him. If he's not good enough, you know, and it's not that he's not good enough. Might, he just might not be at that level yet, but... I think he... And if he does lose to one of those guys, it's not like you're missing out on this huge payday by not making it happen now, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It'll be a bigger interest, or a bigger fight interest-wise, if he can go out there and put a couple more wins together against uh, other highly ranked guys. So in in, in the past, we, that would have been pretty much gar- nailed on what would happen. That would be a guarantee. But now, you know, somebody could fall out and you could be in, in there against a number two, number three guy or... Anything could happen. Yeah, or the UFC <laughs> could. Yeah, you UFC could put him in against Max Holloway, and like, what the fuck are you trying? You <laughs> know, what are you doing to him? What are you trying to do? Look, look, it could work out well. He could beat Holloway, but like, yeah, that's the issue with it as well. But a great win for um, a great win for Jiga, and look, Cobb. He, say what you want about Cobb, he takes the fucking hard fights. He gets in there against these new up and comers all the time, and uh, he throws down with him. And look, sometimes it. Sometimes you're the windscreen, and sometimes you're the fly. And unfortunately for Cub, this time he was the fly. But um, look, I'm I, I'll always look forward to Cub Swanson fight, and he's a a good test in the UFC for guys like this. And it's unfortunate, I suppose, that he is he is that now. But he's had a a very a very good career right at the top. And look, Cub wins fights again, I'm sure. But uh, it was definitely Jigga's night uh, last night. Um, so this Ian Kutilaba Dustin Jacoby fight. First of all. I think Ian Kutalaba needs to get cut from the UFC, to be honest. This shit at the wins. I don't know if you saw, Graham. They were, um, they were facing off. Uh, Kutalaba went up, caught uh, Jacoby behind his neck, like palmed the back of his neck and like pulled him forward. Um, just a disgraceful fucking thing to do, like, at the win. Like, the wins are, are there, or the, the stare-downs are there after the wins, just to get a few photos, a bit of promo, go back, and we'll fucking fight tomorrow. Like, you're fighting tomorrow. And we, it, this has been a team, I think it was maybe on one of the, my news headline shows over on uh, Patreon during the week that I was talking about this with something else. It's like, the, these lads, they're paid to fight in the case. We know they're tough, you know? We know we know these guys are tough, and, and these ladies as well. We know it. They don't need to show it. They don't need to be going out there fucking assaulting people in public when they're not getting fucking paid for it. Why are the commissions not stepping in? Why is the UFC not stepping in? He's done this a couple of times now. And uh, like Kutilaba, he needs uh, he needs to be suspended or something needs to happen. I just It's bullshit. Like, imagine Jacoby prepared for this whole fight and, you know, the commission called it off or whatever well, happened. with Jeremy Stevens. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you know, but I think uh, a lot of the guys are just trying to promote the fight, trying to make their fight more interesting to the fans. And you know, people might ask, like you know, a casual fan, if if there's a if like they might ask, oh, did anything happen at the weigh-ins? Is there any like you know any incidents or whatever? People like that stuff, you know. Yeah, but um, like, I think you can do like yeah, a UFC really good... and Dana aren't too worried about it, but yeah, the commission should be yeah, should be on people warnings and stuff. But I wouldn't see it as too big of a problem, like as long as. You know, it was very unfortunate the Jeremy Stevens one when, when the fight got called off. It was kind of an, it was kind of a strange, bizarre fucking injury. But uh, you know, it wouldn't have happened if he hadn't uh, tried to push him across the room. This one was worse though. This one was like I was surprised he wasn't hurt because he fucking tore him forward. Like it was, 
oh, I don't know. I thought it was so bad. Like, and it's like, imagine if that Jacoby was injured or something was called off. Like, that this guy has put probably fucking 10 weeks of his life or eight weeks of his life or whatever into preparing for this fight. And okay, he might, you know, they might pay him or they might not pay him. We don't know about the UFC. They're fucking, they toss a coin sometimes to the side. But like, he's not getting his opportunity to fight, to move his record on, to move his career on because of this fucking bullshit your man trying to do to. So someone will click on it, so you'll, you'll it'll be on, you know, it'll get a hundred thousand views on Twitter for a day, and everyone forget about it. Like I genuinely think as well, if you just go up right into someone's face and fucking stare them down and talk shit at them, that will get just as much, you know, that will get as or try to get them to push you or something, <laughs> you know. I I I think there's a lot better ways of of doing it than he does, or even like, you know, Tony Ferguson the way he does something weird and stuff like that. There's ways of doing it, like. Uh, yeah, it's just, it was really bad. But the fight itself, um, this was one of those fights where I was watching it and I was like, this is, this could be any score because there's, I think there was three possible scores in this fight and we got the three possible scores. That first round, was it a 10-8? I, I was listening to the commentary, right? And uh, Bisping was saying, this is definitely a 10-8. And at that time when he said that, I was like, is it? Is it? And then, the, like, another few of those elbows came and he punched him and hit him with a lot of um, hammer fists, kind of. And, 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 um, what's that part of your arm? Arm punches. Like, <laughs> I don't know. What's it called? Forearms to the face. And I was like, maybe it is a 10 8. You know, it was one of those ones where it was like borderline, I think. And it was very close to being a 10 8. I probably would have given it a 10 8. And in the next two, I thought Jacoby definitely won the third. And I thought the second was very close and, you know, probably would have given it to Jacoby as well. So I would have been on the 28-28 side. If you had given one of those rounds to Kutalaba and made it 29-28, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Or if you had given it 10-9 in the first round and 29-28 Jacoby, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as well. So all those cards are very easily explained. Like, Yeah, I think like Kutalaba didn't deserve to lose the fight. You know what I mean? It was like, it would have yeah. been harsh if he had gotten the decision against him. And he, he, yeah, he, he, uh, the, the, yeah, I think uh, I probably wouldn't have had it a 10-8, but I can see why why it was given a 10-8. Like, uh, it was on the verge, it was on the edge, as, as kind of you mentioned. You probably say it probably was, I'd probably say maybe wasn't, but maybe I'll go back and watch it and think otherwise. Yeah, like it, it was one of those where, like, you could have had... Um, Kutilaba ahead by three points after the second round, but then he still lost, you know, on, in your card, which makes it look really bad. But it's it's not. It's just, you know, it's it's one of those things as well. Look, I I haven't gone on a judging rant in a long time, and I maybe won't go on a rant here as well. But like, I've seen a lot of this stuff kind of creeping back in lately. About I even t- I saw Dan stop tweeting the, yesterday, I think, and I have great respect for him. But uh, he was like talking about ways that fighters can be like hurt and stuff, and he's like, crap, judging is on him. I'm like, I I. Uh, we talk about this non-stop and I feel like, you know, having spoken to judge and having looked at every fight with the criteria a lot over the last while, there's, that doesn't happen. It really is very rare. Now, it's happening a little bit more recently in non-UFC promotions, I think, because some of the promotions have bubbles and they can't get the judges from, say, the UFC cards into maybe a PFL or maybe a Bellator um, bubble because of the whole coronavirus thing. So that's an issue. But in the UFC, I, I just don't think that's happening as much anymore. I'm not seeing these big robberies. I just... Uh, look, we we have to think... Uh, uh, I have to remember, a close fight is a close fight. You could have someone up 2018 uh, at the end of the second round after two very, very close rounds... And the person judging it might have the other person up 2018. That doesn't mean it's a bad card. That doesn't mean you're not right. That doesn't mean they're not right. It just means that it's very, very close. MMA is very close. We ha- like we have to remember that. Sometimes, you know, we have want someone to win or we bet on someone to win or whatever, and we, you know, maybe it turns us that way, or we just think this is the way it's going. We have to take a step back at all times and think, is it the way it's going? Is it actually the way it's going? Have I looked at the criteria exactly and judged it that way? Because that's what the judges are doing. Like, the judges are sitting there and they're thinking about the criteria in their heads. They're thinking about the 3Ds and they're thinking about, is that shot more more, more, more than that shot? Is that shot closer to finishing? Is that submission was that uh, on? Is that submission not on? Is that submission almost hurting someone? Is that takedown, did it score anything? Did he, hurt, did he get hurt with the takedown? Did... 
you know, all these different things. We have to remember that. And there's sometimes there's one punch. Sometimes there's one little bit of a submission. Sometimes it's just taking someone down and not taking more damage that secures you the round. You know, it happens like that. It's it's a very intricate, delicate situation judging a fight. And we're very lucky that we have it written out exactly for us to tell us how we're supposed to look at it and how we're supposed to judge it. And people don't look at that and people don't see it and do it the way they want to do it themselves. That's the wrong way to do it. You can't do it that way. And if you do it that way and then get mad about judging, there's no one to blame on yourself, you know. And there's it's creeping back in. A lot of people are doing that. And I've you know, been giving out them for the last year but because of doing that. But I might need to do another bit of giving out again. But uh, yeah, I, I just saw a bit of that when I woke up this morning. I saw a few tweets about it and stuff. And I'm like, all right, is this what we're doing again? Are, like, are, are the best judges in the world, you don't trust them as much as you trust yourself? Half watching the fight at home, drinking a fucking Bud Light, eating chicken wings? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um down through the cardigan there's one big thing as well that happened so i didn't see all are you of- saying you wouldn't you wouldn't trust him to judge a hot dog contest <laughs> no would you trust me now to judge a hot dog eating contest i feel like i've done enough graham i've 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 done enough backing of, of uh, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to ask ben he, yeah, he'll, <laughs> he'll let us know if you can be trusted to, yeah. to judge a hot dog contest <laughs> i probably should be this said um so um, Sean Strickland and Christoph Jakov, three rounds um, for for Strickland. You know, back and forth for for three rounds on the feed. Nothing to write home about. Dashvili Stamen. I think Dashvili is a little bit overrated, to be honest. I although his striking looked a bit better in this in this fight, but I don't rate Stamen that highly. He's a tough kind of gritty veteran who is good all over, but like. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just not sold in Dashville yet. I think he's a lot of improving to do. And I don't think, like, this stat, and he didn't do it as much last night, but this stat of, like, taking people down over and over and over again, well, that's not a great stat. Like, to, you know, unless you're... And he does smash them a bit, so his takedowns do score because he he's thumping lads to the ground when he does take them down. But I feel like you need to get on the ground. You need to be landing shots to, to be scoring... Uh, a lot and look he's not letting other guys score so i suppose he is winning fights but when you get to the higher level and you get against guys like a fucking you know a jose aldo or uh whoever it might be or a uh sandhagen at the top of the level and they're not at the top of the division they're not letting you throw them around like that like stamen here kind of wasn't as well you're going to struggle a little bit more but um look he got a good win here and he he uh he deserved it it was a relatively close fight for a couple of the rounds but uh yeah i think that's really definitely uh definitely deserved it um before we get to this pinero marcos fight was there anything on the undercard ground that's that stuck out to you i know I, I didn't see all of these fights but my i'm reliably informed that tj brown versus kai kamaka the third was uh was a very good fight i i got up and i saw there was five decisions in a row two of them split and i'm like fuck that <laughs> so did you watch any of what you think Graham this is, yeah, I saw this is your all. time to shine your report for these fights go on yeah I saw them all live I thought um, I thought that Brown decision I don't know about that like I thought the the first and the third were very close but I thought uh, Kamaka won every single round to be honest uh, and one of the Adelaide Bird scored a 30-27 for Kamaka and the other two Zaldamada and Michael Bell scored at a 29-28 for Brown Um it was a good close fight, but I think I think that was the wrong decision there. No. But uh, conveniently, the the defender of all scorecards didn't see that one. <laughs> I'm going full axe finger. Convenient. <laughs> I actually didn't see it though, but I will go back and watch it, and I'll, I'll let people know what they uh, what they uh, think. Uh, what, what's your so okay? The other the other ones are all decisions. Who cares? Uh, Pinero versus Marcos. What did you think it is? Well, before you go, I've I've strong thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on it? This up kick. Can, uh, upkick DQ. What did you think, Graham? Um, I think she's lucky to be alive. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she get the neck brace out and. Her oh God, Kiefer Crosby. Who was your man's name? Michael Jackson, wasn't it? That Kiefer Crosby fought that time was that his name? Yeah, I believe he's still in hospital with a broken neck. <laughs> Shaman. Yeah, this. I uh, I don't know what was the reaction to this online last night when it happened. Was everyone saying that she hammed it up? Like, was everyone? Saying oh, I actually did. I didn't see the reaction online uh, at the time, but uh, I'm I'm sure you know it was uh, amateur dramatics. I'm sure, and not many people were playing that. <laughs> it wasn't very good acting. It was terrible. It was the most clear hamming up 
of all time. There was absolutely nothing fucking wrong with her. She's like, if that happened to me or you, and we went falling back like that, fair enough. You and know, that happens in like that happens in like soccer and stuff, though. Like, yeah. football, like the rugby and stuff, you just catch a fucking, you know, and you're like, come on, like. It wasn't. It wasn't this flush thing. Like, no, she, you're fine. You've taken bigger punches. Like, yeah, she took bigger punches. Like, yeah, she took bigger punches in that fight. You know, she's a professional fighter. She knows how to take a punch. She can take, you know, she could take a bit of damage like that. This was absolutely 100% without a shadow of a doubt acting. She And I'm not a one to come out and say this. I'm usually like, you know, and, and as well, I like when people ham up DQs. They should take DQs when it's a really bad shot. This was a small little one. This was the type of one where you would take it, you'd get back into the guard and you'd keep fighting and the referee would kind of warn you or he might like stop and say, are you okay? And you just go back fighting. This was not a fight finishing shot. Look, I suppose the referee, it was a tough job for uh, for Mark Smith I, because of the way she hammed it up so bad. It was embarrassing. If you're uh, Luan Pinero, it was completely and utterly embarrassing. You have to feel bad for Ander Marcos. Okay, she made a mistake. She made an error fair enough and the right call was made there but like this was absolutely acting to the highest order she was not hurt enough for the fight in she was not hurt enough nearly even from to be fucking broken up it was there was this was nothing it was absolutely fucking nothing and it was complete act. it was disgraceful like it was absolutely fucking disgraceful and uh i'm surprised they didn't call it out in the broadcast and i think ariel tweeted about it and he was like saying uh, i'm glad felder called it the way he saw it and then someone replied to me he goes like it's it's not always easy to say, like, the, 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 the writing on the broadcast or something like that. I was like, well, what's that about? I don't know. So, I, I like, they, you could tell by Bisping and Felder that they knew. And you could tell at the, at the very end as well, just when, like, the coverage of this fight was in and they both went, like, hmm. <laughs> it, was, it was the most obvious fucking bullshit ever. But, yeah, however, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was crazy and, uh, Luana Pinero got her uh, got her bonus and she got her win, but I don't think she uh, I don't think she got any fans after this anyway. It was uh, it was pretty scandalous, but however, um, yeah, well, hopefully she can recover and uh, you know, hashtag pray for Luana. <laughs> um, yeah, so there you go. Um, as well, before we get to next week's card and some of the other stuff as well, make sure to join our fantasy league over at Fightpix. So go to fightpix.com or go to your iOS or Android store. Download the app and uh, join us in our fantasy league. If you go to add uh, league, search Severe of May, you will find us there. So at fightpicks.com and join us in there. I don't think I had the greatest night of ever last night. I think one of the lads over in the... Over oh, in sorry, our, another bad one. Uh, yeah, one of the lads sent it in. Um, I think I'm still like in eighth place or something like that. But I was... I was, uh, my last few weeks haven't been great. Do you know what I'm great at? And it's not part of our, um, our, uh, group, but it's the Bellator picks. My Bellator picks are absolutely fucking fantastic. I always get them right. I went like. In- well, because there's like fucking, <laughs> like, absolute cans getting. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Out of, out of 23 Bellator fights on two cards, I got 22 of them right. Or 20, no, 23 out of 24 crazy so at the top of our league Kalen is number one at the moment and were, they all, were they all the betting favourites I think so yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm number five in the league uh, going down down through it here Aaron is number 14 Graham I'm still looking for you our boy Kadok who's a great lad is uh, number uh, number 20 our boy Holberg number what 23 Graham you're down here Severe May number 26 not great Philly the legend not 31 not great haven't missed a week you know yeah uh, Sean, Sean Denny, the legend, the expert down in 37, with Ken Allen just behind him, Cork's very own. So there's a, there's a lot of lads there, Harry Powell, but he's beautiful here. Actually, I think he cut it off now, but he's uh, in the top 50. Or by T.O. Lander, who's over doing great work uh, in uh, in Florida last week. He's in the top 60 or 70 there as well. So, yeah, uh, check it out on uh, fightpicks.com. Download the app. You'll see the, the blue and white app. Uh, or if you just go to severemeh.com, you will see the uh, the link on our podcast page and uh, click that there and, and get onto it and, and see how it's going. Um, right. So next week's UFC card is has no headliner as as of yet. Uh, it was supposed to be Corey Sandhagen versus TJ Dillashaw. I thought they might have announced it last night. I was saying it to the, the lads this morning. They said they're still looking for a main event. Looks like... Um, it looks like Marina, uh, Marina uh, Rodriguez, Michelle Waterson's yeah, been room. Has that? Yeah, and I think it's. I don't know. Has it just been announced? But it looks like it is going to be the main event. But apparently, they were looking for 
Um, they were looking for someone to be rebooked with Sandhagen. He kind of refused that, and he said he wants to keep this fight. So they said, grand. Uh, Jiga Chikadze last night often offered to fight Cowboy in the headliner. We'll get to Diego Sanchez in a second. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it looks like Marina uh, Rodriguez versus Michelle Watterson is going to be the headliner. You know, not a, not a bad fight. Michelle Watterson, I think, is a, is a bit of a star. And she, you know, people like her as well. And for Rodriguez, 13-1-0. You know what? You know what? That, that's the only one, like... If he was to be thrown, it's a huge name, but it doesn't really, you know, uh, make it so he can't, you know, get a couple of fights in before he, he fights for a title. So, you know, but Cerrone's it, always up for it. What, what, what Jigga is 135, though, and Cerrone, I think, was scheduled to fight at 170. That might be a bit of an issue, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, it's just a fun fight there, and I think it's a... It's a it's a very, very winnable fight for Gigi. Uh, Do you? Even he's the 135? I don't know. Is he 145, is he? Yeah, I, I think it's a... Um, I think it's a... 145, it's a, yeah, sorry. Yeah, he fought Swanson, you know. Uh, probably 155 is probably a weight class that he could fight at. I know this fight is, I'm sure, no, it's going to probably have to be 170, but mm-hmm. he isn't the biggest 170 here. Like, if they threw that together, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be against it. But... Uh, uh, it's unlikely to happen. Obviously, Cerrone always pushes for these kind of things, and uh, you know this this card is already like you know. Uh, it's not a bad card, though. It's it's. A, I think it's a good card. Like, by the wayside. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, at the top. It has, but like yeah. Brotwell versus Linz. Okay, not the greatest fight in the world. Hebas versus Hill. I like that fight a lot. Magni versus Neil. I love that fight. Uh, Diego Fajardo versus Gregor Gillespie. That's a good fight. Phil Hawes versus Kyle Dawkins. I like that as well. You know, there's some good fights here, to be honest. And it's okay. It's not one that it, the the casuals are going to be falling over themselves to uh, to watch. But Ludovic Klein versus Mike Trizano as well. I I, I like this card, and I'll, I'll definitely be tuning in to watch probably like the main event of this when I fall asleep again <laughs> next Saturday night. But sure, it's a bit of crack anyway. We'll uh, we'll see how it goes. But did you uh, Diego? Sa- so yeah, we mentioned Cowboy there, and he was scheduled to fight Diego Sanchez on this but there was loads of fights supposed to be on this I'm looking at a topology here thanks to our friends over there Diego Sanchez um, Dan Stroni Holly Holm Juliana Pena Jimmy Flick uh, Francisco Figueredo Modafari versus Santos and a few more as well obviously Santagen versus uh, Dillashaw all fell off of this but the the whole Diego Sanchez Cerrone one and Diego what has happened this week the videos came out of uh, Joshua Fabia his his life coach, seemingly, um, trying to talk down to Paul Felder, Megan Olivi, John Anik, and a few more, and them absolutely just butchering him as a human being, which was great to see. Then he put out a video of him talking to, I think his name is Hunter Campbell, like the one of the, the head guys in the UFC and in, in uh, kind of association with Endeavor these days. And he basically said... Uh, look, if Diego doesn't feel like he can comp- compete, if you think he can't compete, we're going to pull this fight. We we don't want, you know, in a few years, someone coming back saying that they told us they didn't feel physically fit to compete. Then there's something like seriously wrong with him and we just let him compete anyway. Which I think, look, he's looking after his own back, but that is also fair enough. And he goes, if you want to compete, yeah, let's get Diego to medicals, let's do all of this and we'll, uh, you know, we, we'll get the ball rolling, which... You know, is no problem. But this Joshua Fabia, and didn't look the fight didn't happen because obviously something fell around with that, and it seems like it was more the medicals than anything else that uh, that stopped it from happening. It says Sanchez withdrew here; he's been released from the UFC now. And uh, we we we'll talk about Diego maybe as as a legend and as a fighter in a second. But what do you think of this whole Joshua Fabia situation? It just seems like this guy is crazy altogether. Isn't yeah, it? he just really put his foot in everything and done a massive disservice to Diego uh, you know people are uh, he was obviously like you know you can you can. there's been some funny moments you can make fun of him over the years and you know all the cost check stuff going back a long time was very funny and all but you know he definitely is like a legend in the UFC and uh, he's been in a lot of good fights and he's given it his all for a lot of years and he's been a, he's been an important figure you know people forget how important those first ultimate fighters the first few ultimate fighters even were to the UFC and out of transformed a company from you know nearly out of business to over four billion in value. So he was a big part of that. Like I know there was other guys there as well. He wasn't like you know wasn't carrying it on his back or anything. But I think all this shite from this this life coach just you know is making Diego a, a bit of a laughing stock. Um, unfortunate, and it's obviously cost him this fight here. And maybe in the, maybe it is better that Diego Sanchez doesn't fight 
because I think there was a stat going around fucking three or four years ago now that he'd taken over 1,000 shots to the head in the UC alone, not including the ultimate fighter and his other, his other, um, his other fights uh, outside the UC. And then all the gym, you know, Diego Sanchez in the gym, I'm sure, is biting down on his fucking mouthpiece and going for like just what who he is. But yeah, maybe maybe it's better he didn't fight, but um, the circumstances around it with this with this guy is just fucking. He just needs to. He, Diego needs to shut the guy up, like uh, yeah. disassociate with this with this idiot. I think uh, Dana White called him a weirdo creep, and that's a good description, to be honest. He just, like, I, I talked about it this week on on the Patreon podcast. That's a good description. <laughs> it's a good description. Like, <laughs> I feel bad, like, but like, what else? What are we supposed to say? Um, I actually look. I as as like a, a life coach or as a coach or whatever. I actually don't think it made that much of a difference to, to Diego over the last few years because I think, look. Diego's at a stage of his career, as you said there, a thousand punches. He's taken more punches than anyone should take and probably more punches than any fighter should take as well. Um, and I don't think... I don't think he wants someone to tell him that, to be honest, if you're Diego. Like, you're Diego Sanchez. This is what you are. You're a fucking warrior and you're going to go out. Diego, nightmare. Yeah. Diego's going to keep going until he can go no more. And he's probably going to keep going past that as well. That's what Diego Sanchez is. And let's be honest. And I think he wants someone who tells him that he can make him young. You know, he can... He want, Diego wants a snake oil salesman. You know, that's what Diego wants. And he found one. And I, I think it's... <laughs> that's grand to have, like, in the background, at home, someone reassuring you, or in training, or whatever. But when that guy becomes, like your voice and that guy becomes the problem with him is he's trying to become a character himself and he's trying to get famous off of Diego's name like if he was just a snake oil salesman in the background taking yeah, his 15% he's, about the he's making him he's getting what he wants we're talking about him now okay? yeah. he's talking about him you know he's getting exposure and he probably thinks that's great but you know a lot of people are looking at him thinking fucking stay away from this guy so uh, yeah he's getting what he wants but what he wants or what he thinks he what he thinks he's getting maybe isn't isn't beneficial to you know who's gonna hire this guy I, I, you know always, I, mean? I always thought, you know, people were giving out about Ido Portal and I, I thought, I, I think he's a similar sort of like mind coach if you want to say something like that but he was a guy who he, his Instagram used to be on private and he was kind of in the background and then he, he kind of slipped away and no one hears from him anymore. Like, I, I, I remember Carlos Condit had a lad as well. He was having, like, fucking climbing trees and stuff like that. But he kind of was always in the background, and you probably people don't even fucking remember his name or anything like that. Like, sometimes fighters need that, and these fighters are fucking weirdos, <laughs> let's, let's be honest. And they need, like, reassurance and people to, to help them to, to believe that they're the best and all. You saw that, that pat. Uh, Barry and Rosalind Yunus thing last week. I'm the best. I'm the best. I was like, that's the fucking the weirdest thing well, I've ever Tony, seen in my Tony life. Tony Robbins stuff as well. Like, yeah. you know, it works for it works for some people. It does, like yeah, it does. And if it works, it works. And that that's absolutely like the secret. A lot of bullshit. Conor McGregor became a champion, and he says, you know, it worked for him. If it works for you, it works for you. Like sometimes going to mass and praying works for people, and you hear boxers all the time saying it. You know, God got me. You know, it's all of that. No problem. But if like that thing is trying to get you know all of your as human clout is the perfect word he's just trying to get clout from diego sanchez and like i think someone said his his whole program is like the the journey to self-awareness or something and he's like the least self-aware man ever everyone can see it it's so fucking well that's good so he called it the journey not he's, not he's on the way to it he hasn't he hasn't arrived yet <laughs> yeah indeed indeed and that's a good way to i suppose in the chat about him but on diego himself look I think he's time... Diego, to me, is one of the... He is the most fun fighter to ever step into a cage, ever. He's... that To me, he is. He's a UFC Hall of Famer. He's just brilliant. Uh, it was always great value. He was... You know, and there's a place as well for weirdos in MMA. I spoke about it last week with, uh, with Rose Nami Yunus. I, look, she's a bit of a weirdo. You know what? And so is Diego. And we've, oh, we've had weirdos down... I, I think Prohachka is a bit of a weirdo. Yeah, we've, if they're coming, Diego. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> we've always had a weirdos in MMA down through the years. And we've, you know, we've been able to accept them and to, to, to get a grow from them. And I think Diego Sanchez is one of them as well. And, you know, he's classic yeah, fights. People, people like them. Like, you look at the Ultimate Fighter, they bring in all these, like, you know, Diego Sanchez personalities, like um, Junie Browning yeah. and... But they they kept trying to bring in these guys to, to be like Diego Sanchez because mm. that's interesting. You know, people are into that. People want to see this crazy guy. What's he going to do next? He's a bit of a loose cannon. People like the holding the cross, shouting yes, all that stuff. Like you know, he's he's uh, he's connected with the fans, even though he's a complete weirdo <laughs> he really is but yeah look we'll probably see diego sanchez popping up somewhere else again anyway and uh, i don't think it'll be the last we see of diego or joshua so let's, diego uh, never die diego never <laughs> die indeed um so the big uh, there's a couple of cards next week um as well with the i suppose the bellator one is the the biggest one coming up which we will uh, we will chat about but pfl also have a card coming up next week they have verdum versus ferreira as the main event in that one kyla harrison is back as well always fun to see her uh, in there she's fighting someone with 26 fights 16 and 10 which is kind of not the best record in the world but it'll, fun, it'll be fun to see her back as well Mohamed usman is on this card uh, larissa pacheco who i believe we saw in the ufc as well caitlin young versus cindy dandoa so you'll see the next level of striking uh in, in this as well that should be fun um uh, as well uh just while we're on pfl as well rory mcdonald returned this week looked absolutely fantastic beautiful rear naked choke over curtis melinder uh your boy ray cooper the third as well the, the the pfl world series of fighting legend got a beautiful arm triangle win uh zoe jeffordino versus gleason tebow had a, a close fight I, I know gleason lost this fight but i'd like to see gleason versus uh versus rory mcdonald i don't know why i just think that'd be a fun fight and gleason's up 170 now as well um Amani, uh, Emiliano Sordi beat uh, Chris Camozzi by unanimous decision uh, in that one. Something happened in that fight that I can't even fucking remember now. But I talked about it on one of the, the Patreon podcasts during the week. What happened in that fight? It was a clo- Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. Was it a close decision or something? I, I can't even fucking remember. My my um, my mind is fucking shot. But um, Tom Lawler versus Antonio Carlos Jr. Oh, yeah. That was the one. That was the one. Sorry, the Chris Camozzi fight. That was the one where one judge gave it a 10-8. In the first round, and it absolutely wasn't the ten eight, and that's an issue. This with like there's a couple of inexperienced judges going around, um, and it wasn't it definitely wasn't a ten eight, but however, um, so yeah, uh, so that that PFL card was a pretty good card, and then there was a uh, one card as well on TNT, which myself and Ian will go into in more, um, more detail on the chasing pack. I think we're doing one this week, if not the week after, anyway. But uh, Eddie Alvarez came back here and lost to Ray Young Oak. Um, uh, Anlin Sang lost to Rina Derrider in for the heavyweight title. Um, Shinya Aoki got a beautiful armbar win over Edward Failang on this one as well, and uh, Colby Northcott as well got a win. Sage's uh, sister, but uh, Umar Kane Rugrug lost. Um, also that that Oak versus Eddie Alvarez fight. This one FC scoring is <laughs> just ridiculous. Like they scored a fight as a whole fight, and Oak hurt Eddie Alvarez really badly at the start. I think it should have been finished a couple of times. And then from that point on, like, Oak has just won the fight. So we're just fighting to the end so he can pick up the victory. It makes no sense. And I don't understand when they score the fight as a, in totality why they have rounds. It makes absolutely zero sense to me. But, yeah, however, um, I, I'm trying to get onto 1FC at the moment. If anyone has an email from, let me know. I'm trying to get what their actual scoring system is because it makes no sense. But Rug Rug, this Rug Rug, we talk about matchmaking. This was all-time bad matchmaking. They put him in, in against a guy with really good wrestling and really good striking. And uh, Rug Rug, did you, I don't know if you saw the end of this, uh, Graham, but um, Rug Rug did a bit of acting himself and <laughs> got hit with a... He actually did... On the replay, the shot looked harder than it was initially. But... Um, he took a shot after the end of the second round. Looked to be to the neck, but not fully on, like, fully a knockout blow. But he went down. Five or six fucking ambulance crews came in, had to take him out and all. And they ended up giving it a TKO, KO win to uh, Kirill Grishinko, which was it the fairest thing in the world. I don't think it probably was, but he definitely hammed it up a little bit here. But uh, I would definitely not do that rematch. He's not ready for it. 
Um, but it was a bit sad to see. Like, this was the most idiotic matchmaking I think I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Why? You have a guy who's like a star, who people like, who people tune in for. He's fucking three fights in. And okay, you're giving another guy who's three and all or whatever. But like, this guy is... You could watch this guy for 30 seconds and go, No, 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 no. Do not give him the rug rug. Like, you, you could immediately see. Do not just cancel this fight as it's fucking happening um but look these things happen in fucking where was it on myanmar or somewhere like that was it where was it on singapore these things happen in singapore um and i suppose the big uh event coming up next week for mma fans and irish mma fans as well especially um the, the, this bellator card is really really fantastic uh unfortunate that Anthony Johnson versus Joel Romero is off. Joel Romero has an eye injury, uh, Cardentario Hilwani. Um, Anthony Johnson will now face Jose Augusto Aviziedo on a card which also features Juan Arcoleta fighting for the bantamweight title against Sergio Pettis in a fantastic fight. You could see maybe James Gallagher fighting the winner of that or maybe he'll need another fight but he'll be there or thereabouts. Um, we have Michael Vinham Page versus Derek Anderson. Great to see MVP back. Josh Hill versus Raphian Stotts. Um, and some, you know, Henry Corrales on the undercard here. We have uh, Eric Perez on the undercard. We're Patchy Mix as well who James Gallagher is supposed to fight is on this. Lorenz Larkin is fighting Rafael Carvero. Uh, Carvalho even uh, but obviously Patchy Mix versus James Gallagher was supposed to be on this Brian Moore versus Eric Perez was supposed to be on this and unfortunately fell off but the one Irish fighter we have on this is a huge fight for Peter Queeley against Patricky Pitbull if Peter Queeley wins this he's right there or thereabouts at the 155 pound division um, an absolutely huge fight you know okay um, Patricky isn't, isn't as good as his brother, but he's won some really good fights over the last while. You know, he's beaten the likes of Luis Gustavo, uh, Kawajiri, Ryan Scope, Roger Huerta, Benson Henderson, Josh Thompson over the last, what, three to four years as well. He's been in there with the likes of, um, of Michael Chandler and Martin Held and others as well. And he's, you know, fought Eddie Alvarez and he fought David Rickles all down through the years. So this for Peter Queeley, who has been, you know, a veteran of the Irish scene. He's, what, 18 fights in now. This is the biggest fight of his career, the biggest opportunity of his career. And it's a, it's a tough fight. It's a very tough fight, but it's a, it's a big fight for Irish MMA coming up next week, Graham, isn't it, with uh, with Peter Queeley against Patricky Pitbull? Yeah, it is. It's a it's a great opportunity for Queeley. It's a, he's had some big fights in his career, but this is definitely the biggest fight. You know, somebody coming on off a recent win over Benson Henderson, known to be sniffed out here and, you know, Queedy's a very tough-nosed guy, and he'll cause problems for anybody. But uh, you know, this is this is a hard fight. I think uh, you mentioned the kind of uh, Pitbull's kind of credentials, or who he's fought there, and he's been fighting you know very high-level guys for a long time, and in there with the with the best Bellator have to offer. And uh, you know, Queedy's definitely definitely a game fighter, but he he, he lacks that that consistent high-level opponents that uh, Pitbull is used to, but, you know, uh, really definitely not to be underestimated here. Uh, if, if Pitbull, you know, thinks this is going to be an easy fight, you know, Queeley, Queeley never, never, in any, never makes it easy for his opponent. He's always, he's always, um, you know, uh, willing to kind of grind it and put in the, the hard grappling work. And I think, you know, it served him well, but I think in this fight, I just think I just think he's on the feet. He's just going to be a little bit outclassed, um, and that will probably be how Pitbull wins this fight. But you know, if Queeley can can get a couple of takedowns and make it a, a scrappy fight, then he definitely uh, that's his best route to victory. But uh, yeah, uh, I find it uh, uh, I'd find it hard to, to pick Queeley in this one. Yeah, look, I think I think that's the call as well. Definitely, I think Patricky will be a big favor coming into this fight. I think he just might be a little bit, as you said, a little bit better on the feet, maybe a little bit faster. But I think, like, Queeley has been changing for over the last few years, and I've actually asked him about this in an interview before, kind of adjusting his style from, you know, we saw him out in, in uh, Africa when he was fighting out there, and I always thought he was going to be more of a, you know, a Pindred style where he pull guys to the ground and push him against the cage, and he's very good cardio, I think, when he does that as well. And uh, he's kind of changed into more of a, a fighter on the outside where he throws his big kicks and comes in with with a lot you know a striking best fighter more than anything else yeah i think if he can adjust that it's funny because he kind of started off the other way like i remember back saying, yeah. years ago in cage contender he was like a, a big leg kicker he, he threw a lot of leg kicks and he kind of stayed on the outside and kicked and mm. 
then as he kind of progressed, he be kind of you know became a, a more of a wrestling heavy base. Yeah, that's what he said to me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, so like if if he can blend that, and we always talk about blending things in, if he can manage to blend those things in, but I think I feel like pushing Patricky against the cage, taking away maybe a little that a bit of that pop, a little bit about that power, could be the way for Queeley to go. But look, that's easier said than done as well. But look, this is a huge fight for Irish MMA outside of Conor McGregor and his big wins. If he could win this, there aren't many. Uh, as big a wins as this in in the history of Irish MMA at at this sort of level, so a big big opportunity for um, for Peter Queeley and a uh, big big opportunity for Munster as well to get on the uh, get on the uh, the world of MMA at the very top. So uh, fair best look to Peter. Obviously, uh, I'm I'm sure all the Irish MMA fans and stuff will will be behind him going into this. So I'm looking forward to to seeing that. I'm looking forward to the, the card in general and uh, the week coming up as well. Um, we will have loads of stuff obviously over on our Patreon during the week patreon.com forward slash severe podcast it's the second in the month now so the perfect time to sign up price of a pint a month less the, the sub for less than the pint of a sub so uh, price of a sub even so sign up there I have this new show out it's the news headlines so I go through some of the headlines from the day I'd probably do it a couple of times a week see how it goes people seem to like it so far and if we get enough subscribers it might be a daily thing we do and you know um if you like it let us know please sign up and, and support us graham needs his new mic so we've got to pay for it as well so if you want to join a fiver to get graham a new mic now is the time and that's how you do it so um yeah that's it from us graham best of luck in the uh the old man united versus uh liverpool match if it happens here um, they, they, they got them hooligans off the pitch did they i i'm delighted man united need to be fucking railing against those dirty bastards yeah like, all I the fans would, like the fans yeah. should be definitely right. protesting but uh, the, the club should be having security to not let the fans that's true the- yeah that- <laughs> <laughs> what's going on yeah that is true but however uh, I hope the Liverpool bus got there okay if it was the other way around I wouldn't be so sure but anyway uh, t- thanks everyone for listening I uh, hope you enjoyed it and all that's left to do is give you the inspirational quote of the week your future is more important than your past. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or probably Sunday, maybe Monday. We'll see you then. Good luck. <laughs>